everyone, and welcome to We Universe. We are the internet's number one We U podcast. Number I have one. to imagine. Yeah, if you if, if, if there's someone with a more popular We U podcast out there, you go die. Yeah, write write us in. We'll duel you American Gladiator style. <laughs> we'll do it. Get big, we'll, we'll throw game pads swords. at each other. Uh, well, this is the show where we're playing through every game in the Wii U catalog. Uh, I'm Steve Guntley, the punk one. Oh, yeah, I'm the cute one, Woody Siskowski. <laughs> Today, we're talking about a game that uh, had really not been on my radar at all, and I'm really glad that it is now. We're playing a game called Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams. Ooh, See, should... the, the secret is they took those dreams... Flipped him around, gave him a little, gave him a little twist. Give him a little twist. That's now, that's how uh, I like my Fritos, <laughs> twisted Fritos. Let me tell you about a twisted dream that I had, Steve. Oh please! It involved a snake, mm-hmm. a guitar that shot fire, and a minotaur head. Wow! And let me tell you, that sounds it, it was pretty twisted. It sounds pretty cool, actually. It sounds like uh, uh, you should have like the metal part of the soundtrack in this game playing for that dream. It, it, it was, and well. but then it woke me up because it was. So loud to listen to heavy metal while I was sleeping. I see. Yes, yeah, that'll that's do the it. problem. I do, do that's what wakes me up at night. Not that I dream that I'm falling from a high distance, but just that heavy metal is playing loudly and sure. I can't escape it. <laughs> that would be terrifying. I mean, I think we've talked about that. It's like I don't know. It's it's uh, that's not that's not pleasant music for us to listen to. Sure. Like, but like I don't know. That, there, not, I think not it, yucking anyone's yum. No, in, totally. Yeah. I think it's the style of singing that is always the breaking point for me. Like oh, yeah. I can do a little bit of Metallica and a little bit of Megadeth, like maybe like two songs a month and, and really enjoy it. Uh, but yeah. once you get into this inaudible screaming is when it stops being any kind of pleasant to me. That's where <laughs> you lose me too. Like I think the music can be pretty like operatic and cool, yeah. but like then the, the singing is just screams. And I, I just worry about their throat, honestly. Yeah, I just yeah, want them to have some tea and, and relax a little bit. That, that's going to be part of our spinoff podcast is Steve Guntley, Trachea concerner. <laughs> Where you interview you people about the well being concerned over? Yeah. <laughs> Call Steve Dudley right now. in and he'll pray for you. <laughs> have you been yelling at people for some reason? Uh, before we get into this game, Steve, because yeah. I have a feeling that this might be a somewhat short episode. Totally shorter episode. Um, S- shorter game, smaller yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Well, what have you been playing lately, Steve? You know, uh, I've I've realized I haven't been doing that bit, and it's largely because I've pretty much only been playing Mass Effect and Stardew Valley lately. Sure. Like, that's kind of all I've been playing, those which are makes games. Me very boring. Yeah, those are games rife with content. They I don't are. Think any, oh, if, you, it would be one choice if you're like, I've only been playing... And now I'm trying to just Bubsy 2. Uh, right. See, I'm yeah, playing yeah. my way through all the Bubsy games. Oh, um, God. I'm, we might have to do that no. at some point. <laughs> we get to at least nominate the games. So yeah, I might do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, good luck even getting through the first level. Um, yeah, Mass Effect, Stardew. There, yeah. How many... I probably asked you this before. How many farms and playthroughs have you done on Stardew Valley? This is my second, like, official farm. I did one, like, farm that I, I kind of didn't really get into when I first started playing it. And then I did another one where I played for, like, 50 hours, and I'm at more than that on this current farm. Can and you... I'm still seeing stuff I've never seen before. Like, it, it's a totally different experience. I, I just got married to a different person. Like, I, uh, I'm seeing all kinds of... New characters. I'm hunting goblins, which I didn't know was a thing. Wow. Yeah, it's great. So you can do the same thing in The Witcher. Yeah. And I'm, I'm playing... Stardew uh, and The Witcher, the exact same game. And I'm up to Mass Effect 3 in my in my collection playthrough. So that the 15 minutes that we saw when we played through for the show, yeah. I got to see it again. You've come full circle. For like the fourth time. In better so, context. But I'm, I'm past it now. So, you know, Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm working through it. What are you playing lately? Uh, well... 
a new expansion just came out for Magic the Gathering. Oh. So I have to I have to put in my traditional twenty dollars and run gems as far as I can in sealed events. Sure. That's I'm sure sounds like nonsense. No, no, uh, no. I, I get what it, I don't even understand the game, but I get what that means. Okay. Yeah. Um and then I just finished a game that was neat and interesting, uh, called The Beginner's Guide, oh. which is a game by the gentleman who did the Stanley Parable. Oh. I've been on a real Stanley Parable kick, but I'm afraid to replay it. Like, I've been thinking about it a lot and thinking, gee, I should really replay that. But then I know that there's a new version of it coming out in theory this year. Oh, really? Like a sort of a deluxe version with more stories and stuff, which I want to then, I don't want to actually replay the original before before I play that. Because that's the kind of game that, like, once you remember what it is and replay it, like, you're good for a while. You're not going to go right back into it. Yeah, you'll, so. you'll, I mean, there are a lot of ways to play that game, but you probably will see you'll them You'll see all. them all very quickly. Yeah, Compared to Stardew Valley, where you're seeing new things 50 hours in, Stanley Parable, you're seeing new things 90 minutes in. Yeah, and then just, you've seen just it all. Start over and go left this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But the, cool game, though. Yeah, very oh, great game. But I, so I found out that this guy made a game called The Beginner's Guide right uh, after the Stanley Parable. Hmm. And it's a very interesting game. I would describe it more as like an interactive lecture. Okay. Um, which I guess the Stanley Parable kind of is too. But even it has even less interaction than the Stanley Parable because you just walk through these sort of predetermined game worlds. I'm, I'll just give you the premise real quick because yeah. it's kind of interesting. So according to this game, the narrator who's... Oh crap, I don't remember this guy's name, so I apologize. But um, he he's doing the narration himself, the guy who did the Stanley Parable. And... Um, He's guiding you through these worlds that a friend of his, who's a developer design named Coda, and then it's sort of these worlds reflect Coda's different, like, sort of emotional state. Okay. And then our narrator is sort of trying to play these games and read into how Coda is feeling and reach out to him, and it's sort of like, uh, it delves into themes of depression and friendship and, like, what... I guess the main theme of it is, like, do you need... Is the only reason to do something crea- creatively so you can get verification from other people? Like, sure. can you get to the point where actually just the creative pursuit of something is enough to make it worthwhile? Oh, interesting. And the whole game is less, you know, it takes about an hour and a half and you just walk forward. So if you are looking for something to whet your appetite until more Stanley Parable, um, check out the beginner's guide. Where's this available? Uh, on wherever fine garments are sold. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. No, it's on Steam. Okay. All right. Very cool. I want to check that out. Beginner, yeah, I really like the Stanley Parable. I like the, the the weird way that they're playing with kind of meta narrative and like choices and decisions and things like that. It's a really cool game. It is, yeah. So I soft recommend Stanley Parable. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about this game today. Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams, released September fifth, two thousand thirteen. Developed and published by Black Forest Games. It was also released on Windows, three sixty, PS three, PS four, Xbox One, and Switch. Lots of ways to play. Mm-hmm. So, were you? Were, how familiar were you with the Gianna sisters Only, before this? Like, I think this was the game that brought them into the quote-unquote spotlight. Like, it was a very small spotlight, right? <laughs> um, but this is one of those things that I end up bringing up a lot because I find it fascinating. Of a thing that has a following. In Europe, yeah, and nowhere else, right? Yeah, yeah, like like Dizzy, Dizzy yeah, the Egg, yeah, exactly, like, and uh, the Bitmap Brothers, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I, I was kind of familiar with the original game because it has a certain notoriety as like it's called the Great Gianna Sisters, the Great Gianna Sisters. So, uh, and this this game that we're playing today represents a really cool and really weird kind of comeback story 
for this series. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's such a strange, long path that this series has been on. So, yeah, they, it goes back to 1987. There's a German programmer named Armin Gessert working for a company called Time Warp Games, and he released this game. It's called The Great Gianna Sisters on Commodore 64, and there were ports later put out on the Amstrad, the Atari ST, and the Amiga. And probably the ZX Spectrum. They were planning a ZX Spectrum, oh, okay. and it got canceled. Sure. But that, that's how you know. That is code for... This Europe. game was popular in Europe. Yeah, popular in Europe. I couldn't even find out for sure if this game was ever released in the States. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm, I'm not entirely clear on that. It certainly didn't have much of a following, if it, if it was. No, not really. So the game cast you as a little girl named Gianna, who is trapped in a nightmare in which your little sister Maria is kidnapped by this evil witch. And uh, there are 33 side-scrolling stages. You need to collect diamonds. You get 100 diamonds. You collect an extra life. Oh, innovative. You stomp on mushroom-shaped enemies Ooh. and break blocks with your head. This is like something I've never seen before. I know. Who? How, how do you even how come do you up, come with, up this? with this stuff? It's crazy. Uh, so the game, when it came out, got exceptionally strong reviews. Like, mm -hmm. players loved it. Gamers loved it. Uh, and many noted the awesome soundtrack by German composer Chris Hulbeck. Uh, but there was a problem. Uh, players and critics noted immediately that this game is pretty damn similar to another pair of famous siblings, <laughs> the Mario Brothers. Now, oh, I thought you were going to say the Hemsworth Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been but but whispers in their parents' cheeks at that point. I don't know. That's where babies come from, right? That's they do. Yeah, yeah. they whisper from your cheeks. You store your sperm in your cheeks. And that's how Australians are made. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, everything's upside down down there. Exactly. Yeah, Elliot told me that. It's all good. Um, yeah, so... Now, to put this in context a little bit, like, games were, most games around this time were ripoffs of each other, <laughs> like, sure. to put it nicely, like, and it wasn't even necessarily uh, a, a laziness thing or a cheap cash-in thing. Sometimes it was just kind of a way for early developers to make their mark by saying, like, oh, okay, I want to practice out. This is going to be my first game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put these ideas onto a game that I know already works and then just kind of sell it as, sure, as a Mario clone, you know? Uh, so it wasn't entirely uncommon for this kind of thing to happen. Ask, like, uh, Mr. Munch, which is a great game that ripped <laughs> off Pac-Man, or okay. Crazy Kong, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, there were a lot of these, and especially in the European market. Space Revaders. Space Revaders. Yeah. Uh, Galaxiano. I, I can't do it with Galaxians. Robodog, or no, Robotron 20... 20. 83. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2083 is the prequel. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that it, it was a thing in the market, but... Gianna Sisters was pretty blatant in yeah. what it was ripping off. Because the like the art assets look like obviously the characters themselves look different, yeah. but the layouts of the levels are almost identical. It's like the coins have been replaced by diamonds, yeah, but the the red blocks still look the same. There's still like yellow power blocks you can hit to release a power up, and the the power ups are now like different hairstyles. And okay. when you get a spiky hair, you shoot fireballs. You know, <laughs> so it's it's not subtle, yeah. Uh, but, you know, so there's an urban legend around this game that Nintendo sued them to get it pulled off markets. But in truth, it never needed to even go that far. Nintendo's lawyers just had to say, uh, look, this is pretty similar to our game. Can you pull it from shelves? And they're like, yeah, OK, you're right. You yeah. got us. We're pulling it from shelves. I feel like it's the level design that is the most egregious part of all. Because when you just look at these first few levels, you're like, oh, these are just reskin, like halfway reskinned. Yeah. Like only only the top half reskinned of the way the Mario levels are laid out. I mean, first level, you're above ground. There's lots of mushrooms and pipes. Only now they're like yellow chunky pipes instead of green slender pipes. And it has pipes. just that same iconic row of like blocks in the middle with one power up block above it. Yeah. And it, second yeah. stage, you go underground. Yeah, it's, it's pretty damn identical yeah. 
But, you know, uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, Gessert's company, Time Warp, they pulled the game from shelves. I mean, the, uh, the, which the, made the other... This, oh, yeah. I, I just... The other thing, too, is it also is worth noting that this these are essentially, like, PCs. Like, that's mm. always the weird thing about Britain or Europe in general at this time is a lot of the gaming is done on PCs. Yeah. And just the way those games are designed... They're not like a lot of platformers. There's not a lot of action games. Like yeah. I feel like they were sort of ahead ahead of us or had more interest in like adventure games and things that had a little more depth mm-hmm. compared to like what we were playing on consoles. But that that's why like something like Fantastic World Dizzy or like Commander Keen um, or Jazz Jackrabbit, to name a later game, but those were like hits, even yeah. though they're not they're they're a little rough to go back and play now. They yeah. feel a little weird, but it was like, oh man, we have a platforming game on our PC. This is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And so I I think Gianna Sisters would have been pretty successful had it not. Oh yeah, definitely. There weren't there wasn't really a lot of games like this on the PCs yeah. at the time. You know, so yeah, it would have definitely uh, stood out. And you know, the game was tracking so well, like it was on its way to being a big hit. Like mm. they had a sequel in mind. It was going to be called Gianna Two. Arthur and Martha in Future World. <laughs> terrible wow. name. That is a terrible, terrible name. Terrible name. But they, Beloved uh, game characters, Arthur and Martha. Uh, yeah, which one, <laughs> which one of the sisters is Arthur? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but the game was, ori- like, after the original game was pulled, they redesigned it completely. They released it as a game called Hard and Heavy, which is a very suggestive title for a platforming game. Also not a very good title, but... <laughs> but also this... Arthur and Martha in Hard and Heavy. Yeah, exactly. Rated R. <laughs> Arthur and Martha and ter- Carol and Alice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's uh, it, having the sh- the game pulled off the shelves so early after it was released made it kind of an instant collector's item. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. so Gianna Sisters originally on the uh, Commodore sixty four, uh, very pricey. If you can hold on to it, if you have oh, a copy neat. of it, you can you can flip it for some good money. Um, yeah, and so that should have been the end of it. You know, that should have been oh, okay, this this game is now branded forever as like this Mario ripoff, and right. it's it fell into the urban legend thing, you know, like, oh, did you hear about this game? Nintendo sued him because they thought like blah, 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 which again, wasn't the story, but um, that, that should have been the end of it. But over the years, the original Gianna sisters developed this weird kind of mystique to it. Mm -hmm. Like with some kind of coming around to this theory that like, oh, Nintendo wanted to kill this game because they knew it was better than Mario. And like somebody had bested them at their own game. And so it kind of developed this weird cult following and it was all the more culty because most people couldn't get a hold of it to see sure. if it was actually better or worse than Mario was. And e- even up to like recent times, emulation of those systems is always kind of tricky. Like it's very easy because people have put a lot of effort into it into yeah. emulating like NES games. But for those ZX Spectrum or like Commodore games, you there's more steps involved, and in the emulation there's a is lot often more. not work very well. Exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, around 1998, there was a team that started working on a fan-made remake called Gianna Returns, oh, okay. and uh, they spent 10 years working on that thing. Wow. But that that just proved that there is a cult for this series. And then in 2009, the franchise kind of made a weird, surprising comeback. We had two games within one year. 
Uh, <laughs> in 2009, we had the release of Gianna Sisters DS and a mobile game that was just called Gianna Sisters. Okay. And, you know, the gameplay still resembled Mario pretty closely if you yeah, play. but, like, at Nintendo that can't game. copyright the idea of a platformer. It Especially at this point yeah. when, like, it's, it's now it's an homage. If you make it the same year, it's a ripoff. If you yeah. make it 30 years later, it's an homage. <laughs> That's true. You know, so they have a little bit of uh, benefit in that. And it did have, like, this very distinctive, like, 2D hand-drawn style, you know, and it was going for something a little different. And from what I hear, it was a pretty good game. Uh, that's another one that's very hard to get a hold of. Yes, you're saying? yeah, yeah. It's, I would say like oh, just a loose card of the Gianna Sisters DS is probably you know fifty to seventy dollars at this time. So it's not yeah. outrageous. Not but, outrageous, yeah. but yeah, you had you need I, to really want to play some Gianna yeah, Sisters. Yeah, exactly. I think I don't know. According to the Wikipedia page, it was only like sold online through Walmart or Best Buy. Oh, so yeah. it was like you had to really be looking for it. Right, you had to be like, I wonder if there's a new Gianna Sisters game out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, there is. Great, there is. Yeah, good. I've been that's... searching for this every day for the past 30 years yeah finally this this <laughs> yeah. bore fruit my my long-held belief that this would come back so uh sadly in 2009 we also lost the creator of the series armin gessert he died at the age of 46 of a heart attack um and spellbound which was the company that released gianna sisters ds they went bankrupt shortly after and so a few of the devs from that company founded their own game company called Black Force Games, and they won a bid to retain the rights to the Gianna Sisters okay. series. I mean, it probably wasn't all that valuable of a license. No, I can't imagine it was. Yeah, it's like, oh, this this one like critically acclaimed game that was only released through, I think you said it was Walmart and Newegg.com. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, which I don't even know what Newegg is anymore, uh, If you were more of a computer nerd, you would. Oh, it's you know where, Newegg? It's okay. where you buy your portable computer fan and your new SSDs. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Uh, well, when I need those. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the, uh, they, yeah, obviously not a very valuable license at this point, but they saw the opportunity to do something with this series. And now that Gessert had died, I think they wanted to see it a little bit as a tribute to him as mm -hmm. well. And so they kind of reimagined the game, and they were calling it Project Gianna for a while, and they launched it on Kickstarter. That kind of sounds like the name of like a government project where they're going to like make some sexy like clone robots. Yeah, to like send out like Ex Machina is like Project Gianna. Project, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they put it up on Kickstarter. They raised one hundred eighty-six thousand on their one hundred fifty thousand dollar goal. Nice. Uh, pretty decent, and it hit Xbox Live Arcade and Steam in two thousand twelve. And it got very strong reviews, strong sales. Kind of seemed like, holy shit, this this weird series is kind of back <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, the Wii U version came out a year later. It was dubbed as the Direct Owls Cut uh, because they really tortured those owl puns. Okay. Uh, and the big thing that makes that different is that it includes the DLC chapter, Rise of the Owlverlord. Oof. Oof, it's hard to say. Yeah. But you can. It makes more sense when you look at it, but when you say Owlverlord... Uh, that's a little rough to go. So, I mean, this is great. This is one of those heartwarming Kickstarter success stories that there's so many times, and I, I, I know I've talked about this before, but hey, mm. we've been doing this podcast a long time. No, I'm no, no, repeat myself. Yeah. But there was definitely times where, like, the rooting of nostalgia for these sometimes lesser properties uh, backfires. Yeah. Like, I again, we would talk about, like, Bubsy. They're well, like, I was going to say, Black yeah. Forest Games, their next game after Gianna Sisters was the reboot of uh, Bubsy. Well, because they were like, oh, look, there's a market for this sort of middling well, exactly. Kickstarter that, stuff. That would have been, like, a good extension of their skills it's like okay yeah. here we've taken this ignominious like footnote from gaming history and we've made it into something fresh and original and cool and exciting 
Let's do that with Bubsy, yeah. everyone's favorite whipping cat. Sure. You know, like nobody likes Bubsy. He's kind of an industry punchline, you know? So they, that seemed like a natural extension of their talents. It's weird that that game sucks so much. It then. does suck. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Y- it's okay. a shame. Because yeah. I, I have played that new Bubsy game. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't they, like myself. Yeah, they really show a lot of process with this Gianna Sisters game. Like it's very polished and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's just always such a dangerous road to be like, I'm going to give money so people can bring back this weird thing. It's like, then you end up with bad Shaq Fu or back, black, bad Bubsy. Yeah. So it's good. It's always cool when that actually works out. And I think the Gianna sisters always kind of existed like in the fan community, kind of between sincerity and irony. Like, I think it, it was sort of a joke for a long time of what a blatant ripoff it is, but then people kind of started to come around on it and think, like, maybe this was this secretly well, good like, game. Yeah, the, the the premise of, like, how do you come up with this name is, like, okay, we need, like, an kind of ethnically-sounding sibling name. I know. How about Italian? Let's yeah. do Italian again. Yeah. Yes. And But wait, we can't do brothers. Yeah. That's been taken. What are the other kinds of siblings? <laughs> Cousins? No, yeah. no, that's not quite right. What could we do? Yeah, yeah I mean... Come on, even like Mario's last name being a first name, it's kind of the same thing. It's like they're the Mario Mario brothers, I guess. Well, it was Luigi Mario. Luigi Mario, Mario Mario, Gianna, yeah. Gianna, and Maria Gianna. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I do think there's a thing, uh, like much in the same way as recent Space Jam came out, when something starts out as creatively bankrupt, mm-hmm. it sort of like develops its own charm over time. That what once was seen as creatively bankrupt now just seems kind of fun and quaint. Well, because and when then, you're if you're a small child watching Space Jam, you're not thinking, oh, this is a commercial for shoes. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, Bugs Bunny's playing basketball with Michael Jordan. That's, That's true. Really fun. Yeah. Where if you boot up Gianna Sisters and you're not like, oh, this is a ripoff of that Japanese game I've never played. Right. You wouldn't think that. You'd just be like, this is fun. I like these. This, this, yeah. 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 There's yeah, a pterodactyl they- there that I'm throwing fireballs at. Neat. Totally. Yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So yeah, that that was kind of where Black Forest went from there. Uh, They also developed the recently re-released Destroy All Humans. They did an HD remake of Destroy All Humans. Have you ever played that? I never have. That game seems conceptually neat, but also probably pretty boring. My thing is, like, like, the thing that's always made me wary of it is like, okay, this stars an alien. This came out in 2005. What percentage of anal probe jokes are in this game? And like, do I want to sit through that? Is that funny to me at all? Like, no. Uh, but from what I understand, I know some people like that series. Well, I mean, obviously enough that they got an HD they remake. They got an HD remake. Uh, and Black Forest has since been acquired by THQ Nordic, who uh, came back from the brink, THQ. They, okay. were, they, were, they were gone for a little bit. Now they're back. Uh, all right, Much so, like the Gianna sisters themselves. Much like them. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the story. Very minimal story in this game. Like All we really get is like a silhouette in the beginning of the two girls. They're playing in bed, and then a portal opens up, and one of the girls, we don't even see their faces, gets sucked into this portal and taken to the dream world. And that's kind of where this whole series takes place is within, like, is in the character's dreams. Well, uh, worth, worth noting right from the start, because you're going to make an assumption here, no, this game is not two-player. No, no. Very, you got sisters in the title. It's a knockoff of Mario Brothers, which is two-player. Two two little girls on the cover of this game, but it's the same little girl. That's the weird ah, thing. That's like the twist. The, that's, that's the, what makes that's, the, yeah. That's, that's what, what makes the dreams all twisty. Yep. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the little girl Maria is taken by an evil dragon called Gargolwaki, which is a good name for a dragon. <laughs> Takes her into the dream world to hold her prisoner, and Gianna needs to go into the dream world to save her sister, uh, now, they've aged the girls up since the original game. In the original game, they were meant to be like five or six. Here, they're meant to be like teenagers. Okay. 
And so in the interim, Gianna has learned how to control her dreams a little bit, and she can switch back and forth between the dream world and the nightmare world at will by kind of using these two different personas, which the game calls Cute Gianna and Punk Gianna. So Cute Gianna is blonde and wears a pink dress, and Punk Gianna like, is kind of a little more emo and redhead and uh, has a fire attack. Yeah, so the whole, like, this game... <laughs> This game is like Ikaruga, but as like a 2D platformer. Yeah. Um, where you're sort of the main mechanic is just switching between these two colors, mm-hmm. blue for Kugiana and red for Punkgiana. And then as you do that, you interact with things in the world differently and like gates and platforms all shift. Yeah. And you sort of have to mentally process how that's working while you are just going through like standard platforming stuff so it's kind of working two halves of your brain at once because you're trying to stay focused on just like avoiding enemies and spikes but also being like oh i need to switch right now so that those spikes will retract in the other form and at the best moments or at least at the some of the later more difficult moments you have to make some very kind of split second decisions if you want to get through it in that sense, like the gameplay reminds me a lot of Guacamelee, yeah, which is another, you know, where uh, one that involves you like switching between worlds to accomplish goals like that. It, well, what, that's a fairly common mechanic mm-hmm. uh, nowadays. Like uh, the one I always remember that I really that really bugged me was the Paper Mario Super Paper Mario for Wii, oh, where, where you, you go would switch dimensions. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I, this, that, this that never quite worked the way you wanted it to. No, yeah. and that that's just in general. This is rarely. A mechanic that I like very much. Like I think mostly, the the it it really has shown up a lot, and a lot of games use it differently. Like Link to the Past used it a lot, but uh, that was a very it was a it was a methodical process. If you wanted to switch that's worlds, true. In that one, yeah, that's true. Um, and I I feel like Ikaruga uses it the best because that just be, kind of becomes an automatic twitch thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to something that you really get frustrated and have to think about. Because my problem with this game, with not necessarily this, well, yes, with this game, but this mechanic in general, is it's never quite clear what the rules are for what will be affected when you switch. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, there there are moments uh, later in the game where you're not sure exactly how to interact with something. You know, like like there are vines that we kept running into. They, they put off kind of a green aura no matter what state you're in, but one of them will kill you and one of them won't. And I, I kept getting confused about which one, like what it looks like when you could pass through it. Right, and it's just, but like, again, like in Ikaruga, like they have very simple rules set up. Like if you're red and you get hit by red bullets, you'll absorb them. Mm-hmm. If you're blue and you hit by blue bullets, you absorb them. Like that's it. Sure. Um, here it's like, Sometimes gates, some gates will open when you're red. Sometimes they'll go down when you're red. Yeah. So you just kind of have to be continually switching back and forth and seeing what happens. And that can sometimes be frustrating when there's, you know, a bunch of spikes closing in on you or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, this game, I think, is designed as like a retro throwback, which of course it totally should be. Yeah. That's what it is. And some of the results of that is it's clearly a pretty hard game. This is, like, a, this is a tricky platformer. We only yeah. got like one and a half worlds in in mm. the time that we played it, and we were dying quite a lot. Yeah. And Luckily, it, this doesn't give you finite lives. You can yes. keep dying over and over, and there are checkpoints throughout the very long levels. Yes. Quite long. And I think they're nicely placed checkpoints. It's not mm-hmm. quite like you're right before the jump that you died on, so it's enough that feel like you're getting punished a little bit. Yeah. And so there are definitely moments of frustration, but like, for this kind of game, you want some moments of frustration because that's then you get the feeling of accomplishment when you get through it. Yeah, um, but they're not so so far back that you're just like ah and give up. Yeah, I, 
overall, and I mean, kind of jumping to my verdict here, I think this game is pretty great. Like, I really enjoyed everything that they did here. And I, I like the intricate level design. I like how many secrets there are hidden throughout the world. And I like that it encourages you to experiment a little bit with your skill set. It's a limited skill set, but you can mess around with it and try and get to higher spots. It's used in very smart ways. So you have sort of two core abilities aside from just, you know, you have a run and jump, obviously. If you, you can press Y and turn into a fireball. Yeah. That's when you turn, you automatically switch into punk Gianna and she can do like this fire dash and it's this like dash when is, you play as Sonic and you get that fire shield and you like can dash yeah. forward into things, or I think Kirby has that ability Kirby too. Kirby has that, yeah. Yeah, it's a good ability and to have. I have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. we genetic. all have it. Get on that, people. It's genetic. I mean, yeah, it's, and not everybody realizes <laughs> that they have it. Um, so what's nice about that, and this is a mechanic I always really like in games, is when you hit an enemy with it, you kind of get flung up in the air, and then you get an additional sort of jump. Yes, so you can um, chain together all of these little hits and get higher and higher yeah, as long the, as there's enemies to bump into. The game The Messenger did this really well. Yeah, um, that's true. And that's really a lot of fun because you can kind of practice, like see how far you can get without touching the ground and fling yourself around. There's also um, bumpers uh, yes. in, the, in the sky somewhere, again, like Sonic the Hedgehog, which if you dash into them, they will fling you along to the next bumper, which is just infinitely satisfying. It's, I just love it. Yeah. It's it's think like the barrels in Donkey Kong Country. It's just going to send or, you on this long chain of like explosions. You're totally out of control of it. You just need to watch and it's great. The Casino Night Zone, always, Casino my, always my favorite levels in Sonic. It's just really cool because you feel like you're doing something awesome, but you're not actually doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> and these segments in this game go on for quite a while and sometimes you're like blasting through like layers and layers of brick walls and everything's just kind of crumbling around you. Feels really good. And your yeah, so that's sort of your main attack. Your other thing is your light or your cute Gianna. She'll do like a pirouette and yeah. get a little more air on the jump. Like and, a little double jump, basically, yep. and then a, a, a twirl, and she can kind of glide. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's going to be useful because there's sections where, you know, you're falling between pits of spikes, and so you have to sort of glide left and glide right. Um, and I, the, the where it gets interesting is how these powers interact. Yeah. Because if you want to use the pirouette, the extra jump, you have to turn into cute Gianna, which might reveal spikes or it might lift up a gate that you didn't want to lift up. Mm. And, you know, conversely, if you want a fireball, you have to turn punk. And so the L and R buttons will also allow you to transform without doing one of the special moves. And so you kind of are having to mentally process what move do I need to do right here mm. versus what color do I need to be so the obstacles ahead of me won't kill me? Exactly. And the other important thing that this game does is that when you switch characters, the entire world shifts around you. So mm-hmm. both of them are kind of in the world that is diametrically opposed to their personality. So cute Gianna is trapped in the nightmare world and punk Gianna is trapped in like a pleasant dream world. Okay. So, and the enemies will switch depending on what you're approaching. So if you, uh, you're cute Gianna, it's a demon. If you're punk Gianna, it's an owl. This game's all about like stomping on owls. So really nice. <laughs> and I just loved the way the game just dynamically shifts. It's mm-hmm. not just like a, a star wipe and then you're in a different world. Everything just kind of shrinks and morphs and pulsates and it's all in an instant, you know, and there's no perceptible slowdown from the time when you hit the button, but the entire background just changes on you. Uh, and it's the, really cool. And the music changes as well. Like, the original Gianna Sisters is actually fairly well known for having a good soundtrack, um, which is cool for, a, you know, a Commodore game. 
But this one, they they got back the same guy to do the music. Christopher Huselbeck, who uh, was working with a metal band called Machine Symphony. Okay. Uh, and basically, they just uh, he composed all the music, and it crossfades back and forth between the two versions. So you have, in Dreamworld, kind of a lighter, synthier pop version, and then you go to like a metal version when you're in the Nightmare World. Mm-hmm. And... I love the music in this game so, so, so much. I think it sounds awesome. I think it sounds like it sounds like the score to like an 80s family movie that you forgot about. <laughs> like, like I don't know. It, it sounds like it's got some kind of Goonies energy to it that I really enjoy. Yeah, it, uh, it fits in really nicely in terms of not being distracting, but also not getting annoying, but still being, you know, memorable in its own way. Exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think they really nailed that element of the presentation. Uh, yeah, like I said, the, the frustrating parts come when you're not clear how your character is going to interact with certain objects. And I yeah. think a lot of that comes from the way this game looks. Mm. I don't like the way this game looks. You don't I, like the way the game I don't looks. like the way okay. this game looks. I think that their art, their color scheme and art direction is good because I think like the, the light blue transitions very nicely into sort of this light or darker orange. Mm. Yeah. I think that looks really good. But this game is kind of like 2.5D meaning that there's a lot of things in the background. Like, there's lots of platforms behind the platforms you're going to interact with. Sure. And so it has that same problem where it's very unclear sometimes what you can actually step on or go through. And I, to me, the speed at which this game moves, which is pretty fast, yeah. and there's a lot of junk that kills you, there was a lot of times where I felt like I didn't know where to go or I was getting killed by something that I didn't think could would interact with me. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. I don't know. I, I think my only complaint about the visuals really is the sisters themselves, or they're not even sisters. Yeah. It's Gianna well, yeah, I mean, herself. They are like, sisters, but you only see one of them. Yeah, you never really... Uh, the, the, the only time you get a good look at their faces is by looking at the cover art. You yeah. know, like you don't... <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they're just kind of like anonymous little blobs with, with different colored hair, which is... I think partially just like a symptom of them being such small character sprites and such big worlds, yeah. you know? Um, and some of it's probably the design, too. I mean, the original Gianna sisters are pretty indistinct looking, too, in the Commodore game. I mean, and this is a very low-budget game, even though they bo- broke their Kickstarter goals, like, a hundred. what was it, 185000 Yeah. That is not very much That's to make still a, pretty low, yeah. a big video game with. And I think that that really shows in the levels here because there's just not a lot of different palettes yeah. to the levels like you're kind of in a for mushroom forest and then like a castle and then a mine and yeah. kind of just variation on these kind of things I think that the challenges and that you have to overcome and the level design is very good like they're really finding a lot of new creative ways for you to use your powers in tandem yeah but the actual yeah I, I guess I just want something that looked a little cleaner because to me like that that's the heart of why these kind of games really work to me is when the graphics are super clean. That's why I think Meat Boy is a great example of this because there's just not a lot of stuff going on visually that's extra. I can you, see that. Usually. So it's very clear like what platforming needs to happen. I think having the shifting backgrounds really helped a lot with that because normally I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like I think if a if background is too busy and the character sprites are too small, I'm going to have trouble making out what's going on here. I didn't have the problem with that, and I think it was just the shifting perspectives. Like, if I needed something to come through with a little clarity, you could just tap the R button real quick and zip back and forth between the worlds and just see what's going on. Yeah. Um, There are some fun ways that they integrate this 
uh, mechanic a little later on in the game. Like there are some times where there's a little spike panel floating underneath. And in order to make this long, deadly spike come out and kill enemies, you need to switch between sisters and, and time it right. Um, you know, I don't know if we mentioned even there that uh, Punk Gianna's dash move can be used as a ricochet. So if you angle it, and you can angle it in any direction, you can angle it, bounce off in little narrow walls, and you can kind of keep going forever. Mm. Like there was a fun stage where I went all the way to the bottom of a mine and then ricocheted all the way back up. It's <laughs> like a 30 second animation of me ricocheting up to the top. Like really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I like the ways that they were coming up with that and, uh, they were finding some new mechanics. Like I didn't even know, know there was a wall jump until we got well into the second level. Right. It's a wall jump, but you can only use it on specific surfaces. It looks like bookshelves, which is somebody who works on a library. Please don't wall jump on our bookshelves. Don't wall jump on bookshelves. <laughs> yeah. No, they might seem, no. they might seem like ideal wall jumping territory, but save your wall jumps for sandstone. To be fair, like these big castle bookshelves look pretty sturdy. That's like true. I think you can That's manage true. it on, and they're little girls too. You know, they're not. They're All right. Not so if you're a little girl in a castle. Yes. Go nuts. Wall jump away on that Go nuts. Climb up okay. very high and then jump into a ghost. Perfect. Um, we're gonna the, get sued now. The ghosts were creepy. Oh, the ghosts! The ghosts were. Yeah, I don't know. They, the, the, it was clear. Like as we went on, like much the same way. Like maybe your Donkey Kong countries or your Super Mario worlds, they do a good job of each level. Kind of has its own little gimmick. Yeah. that is gonna like reintroduce you to some some different way to play the game. Like one of the levels has these boxes in it that are blocking your way, and then there's four keys showing in the boxes, so you have to go to different corners of the levels, get the key, and then that area will open up. Mm -hmm. And then there was also ghosts. Um, it's like one of them's a ghost, and one of them looks like a Klansman. He looks like a blood-red Ku Klux Klan member. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you switch colors, one of them will sort of deactivate, like when you look at a boo or something, and won't yeah. chase you, but then the other one will start chasing you, and so if you switch back, then they'll swap again so you kind of have to balance what color you want to be so that neither of them get too close to you yeah and then you find a little heart-shaped force field to hide behind and they can't get after you it's mm -hmm. really cool yeah uh you know I, there was one boss battle battle that i fought like so each world or each level i should say is broken up into four okay i'm sorry the game is broken up to mm -hmm. four chapters with like seven worlds in each of them i think that's roughly right i think they okay. said there's 33 chapters in total but that includes the uh they did bonus Halloween and Christmas levels that got included on this disc. Okay. Um, so I think it's about 33 levels total. But each one ends with a boss battle. Uh, the first one I fought was Hansel and Gretel, which is uh, a double-mouthed worm, uh, which is just Weird. kind of a cool design. Like, you take this German folktale, make it into a worm wearing a little uh, propeller hat, oh. and then it's uh, trying to attack you. There's a little spike thing sliding underneath and you need to time it and stab it in the mouth uh which was unnerving sure uh fun boss battle i did notice i had trouble telling when i had a hit left yeah you know like there you can take multiple hits if you get these certain jewels and it's not clear like it's not indicated in your hud or I anything i think it like was that. that shield i think you're right i think you can take two you can take one hit by default in this game yeah but you'll sort of spawn with a shield and you can refresh your shield if you pick it up, and it's kind of just a glow that you yeah, has around herself. It's just it's it's, it's not almost super distinct. No, it doesn't really draw attention to itself either that you can do that. But again, the game is pretty simple in its construction. Like, as in terms of gameplay, it's like they give you very simple controls and just say this is what you do with it. But uh, you know, so I I appreciate that they didn't over-explain, but uh, you know, maybe a little bit more explanation. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a game that definitely has an audience, and it's just this is a game where you really need to know what it is before you decide whether or not you want to play it. Sure. Because it's obviously like a retro throwback, but not 
not as obvious in a way like Shovel Knight is, because Shovel Knight is kind of designed to not be super frustrating. No, like no. Shovel Knight is as designed with much more modern sensibilities, whereas this very much is like you got to pay attention to each of these levels, and there's a bunch of junk that's going to kill you and fly at you very fast. This is not to the extent of like a Meat Boy type of level of challenge. No, but it is it, it's definitely harder than a Shovel Knight. Yeah, and there are multiple uh, uh, difficulty levels here that you can unlock in different ways you can go. And everyone's favorite, uh, art gallery. Sure. You can get you can collect art. I mean, that's what most that. of the secrets are, right? Most of the secrets are just kind of art galleries. But I mean, for me, it's like I, I find it satisfying to look for these secrets, not necessarily to you know claim my reward. Whatever they uncover, yeah. And there's three different kinds of gems here. Um, the yellow gems you can only collect with your cute. The red gems you can only collect when you're punk and then the blue gems you can collect at any type and i imagine there's again there's no lives in this game so you don't get lives for them but like i imagine if you collect them all in a level you unlock a secret and there's yeah. like a lot there's like 600 gems in one of these levels there are a lot yeah i, I was never able to complete a level with all the gems except for the boss battle just because you really it's have to default. be taking it slow yeah yeah and each of these levels are pretty long like it probably well, takes are. five to ten minutes to get through some of them it's it's a substantial little game you know and uh there's, there's honestly, I'm afraid there's not really too much more to talk about. As promised, this is going to be a pretty short episode yeah. because it is a very straightforward game. Um, but I don't know. Do you have anything else? I you would just, add? Say, yeah. you know, we can move on to a ranking. And I'll yeah. say, I'll say what I'm going to say. Absolutely. All right. So each week we are rankings the game, ranking the games that we have played. I don't know why I'm talking weird. I don't know. Um, and we are uh, uh, comparing it to the other games that we have played so far as well. Uh, for me. I think this is going to go right underneath Shovel Knight, right okay. above Mass Effect 3. I like this game quite a bit. I think this is a, a little discovery that I'm glad that I had. Uh, I, I wasn't familiar with this series other than like the, the notoriety of its namesake, but I think this is it's creative, it's cute, it's fun, it's challenging. Uh, I, I think this is a really cool reinvention of the brand, and I'm a little sad uh, nothing really came of this. Like, I think there was another Gianna Sisters game that has come out, and it's mm. less good than this one. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Um, I also enjoyed this game. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did. I did have trouble with the graphics and for, <laughs> and had trouble processing what the heck was going on. Yeah. Um, then maybe that has more to do with my brain state. Yeah. But, um, I, I do think it's neat. I think if you're into sort of games that are designed to be hard mm -hmm. and actually make you like repeat the same sections until you get them right, which is often something that I'm in, I would say, check this game out. Yeah. Um, I'm putting it. Uh, under Nintendo Land at number eight, above Pocket Turner. Okay, still, still top ten, still yep. top ten. I think that's a worthy place for it to go. Uh, so we do not have any letters, and we do not have a Princey V for you today because we time shifted. We we recorded our next episode a little early to accommodate a guest, and we read a Princey V on there. So and look so... forward to that—the most confused Princey V reading you're going to get. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it is deeply confused. Uh, going to be a fun one, but. What episode is that where they can look forward to Ooh, that boy. Princey V episode, which I'm sure is the focal point of the episode, and we are not playing a major game for the Wii U at all. Nothing else noteworthy on that episode uh, other than our mangled uh, Prince Valiant uh, reading. No, no, we're just playing a game called, let me see, what is this called? I, I always forget. It's a very obscure title sure. starring a character I've never heard of. Oh, Super Mario Maker. Super nice. Mario Maker, a game in which Mario poops. You're just, you're just watching him. You're just watching him make. Oh, it's really it. gross. I thought you played as Mario's mom and you just <laughs> pumped out Mario's. <laughs> yes. 
or like that'd be a weird deconstruction. They give you Mario Maker, and it's just like Donkey Kong in the factory making those minis. Or oh, whatever. like yeah, sure. Or it's did just, he make the minis? I don't remember. I, I don't remember either. But okay. or it's just like a video game equivalent of the Mario Lego sets, where they just like drop a bunch of Legos in front of you and they're like, put these together. Here you go, make it, make Mario, Mario. go yeah. for it. Uh, no, Super Mario Maker, uh, a major, major hit for the Wii U, a really super influential game. I'm excited to get into it. Who knows what we'll say about it? We will. We I, we can't predict it. Yeah. We can't. We have not recorded the episode yet. We have. We recorded it already. But um, yes. All right. So tune in next week for Super Mario Maker. We will see you all then. Uh, bye bye.